You're listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. So this morning we're starting a new series of messages called Spiritual Disciplines. And what are our spiritual disciplines? Spiritual disciplines are uh, those actions that move us closer to the heart of God. Uh, there are things such as uh, baptism. There are things such as uh, prayer, um, communion. These are all things that help form and mold and shape us to become the people that God is intending for us to be. And so the more that we involve ourselves in these practices, uh, the more that we engage in with the heart of God and we become the people of God, the people that we uh, should be, the people we should be reflecting is uh, that, that reflection of Jesus. And so the more we do this, uh, the better it is for us. Now, starting out this morning, I've got a walkie-talkie with me. Uh, we've got a few of these in our office and uh, we've used them on a, on a few events. But uh, one of the most frustrating things about a walkie-talkie is when you get someone on the other end who doesn't know exactly what they're doing with it. Um, so they'll press the button to talk and they'll talk and they'll say everything they need to say, but they'll never release that button so they can hear the response. And I began to think about it. I said, sometimes it's like us in prayer is that a lot of times we're not interested in releasing that button. We're, we, we, we like to talk. We like to tell uh, God, you know, about our business. We like to tell God, you know, what we need him to do and, and when he needs to do it. Uh, but a lot of times we're not interested in doing the other part of that conversation, which includes listening. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is not just us telling God something. It's also being willing to, willing to hear what God's response is to us. And so we have to be willing to release that but, button to hear from God and hear what God has to say to us. And so that's kind of what I, what I want us to look at this morning. We're going to look at the spiritual discipline. The first spiritual discipline is the discipline of prayer. And right now we're in this time of 21 days of prayer, worship, and scripture. And you can start this morning by reading scripture with us. And we're going to uh, be putting out a link today. You can find that link on social media already. And so if you go to our social media page uh, on Facebook uh, or on Twitter, those are already put out there and you can check that out and read through scripture with us for the next 21 days in the Bible app. And we encourage everyone that will to do that with us. I think this is going to be a time where we can read scripture, we can pray and just get closer to the heart of God. So check that out. Um, or you can text us. Just text uh, 21, uh, the numbers 21, to uh, 912-400-0556, and we'll send you that link to your phone. Uh, that way, if you have the Bible app, you can click on that link, and, and you should be able to join right, right from your phone. So back to this idea of spiritual discipline of prayer, uh, being that it's not just us saying things to God, but it's us being able to receive something from God, that, that it's a, uh, a two-way street. It's a way of communication. Now, um, I'll put that down. I, I want us to go to Matthew. If you've got your Bible, let's go to Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going. And this is a passage of, of Scripture called the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, Jesus teaches through a lot of different things. And in this teaching, he hits on, he hits on prayer. And so I think it's important that we look and see what he has, to, what Jesus has to say about prayer. But what is prayer? Uh, and I think a very simple way that we can define prayer 
uh, we can define it in this term, that, that prayer is dependence on God and not on ourselves. That's what prayer is. Prayer is when we are saying, God, I am depending on you and I'm not depending on me. I'm not thinking that I have all the answers. I'm not saying that I have all the strength, God. I am saying I need you. And so this is uh, part of our interaction with God where we declare our dependence upon him. And so prayer is dependence on God and not on ourselves. Uh, the great reformer, Martin Luther, uh, that lived in the 1600s, this is what Martin Luther had to say about prayer. He said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. I, I think that's, that's really true, uh, that to be a follower of Christ, that you have to engage in prayer. Uh, if you want to walk with Jesus, that means you have to also talk with Jesus. And so in this idea of prayer, it's not just something that it's giver. You know, we can say, well, I, I, you know, I'll take a little bit of prayer over here. No, no, no. This, is, this is part of the heart of our walk with Christ is that we have the chance to talk to our Father. And so we look at this, and so we find that prayer is at the core of the spiritual walk. It is foundational as a spiritual discipline. And uh, so this should, uh, what should prayer look like in our life? What should prayer uh, look like when you pray? What, is, what does that look like for you? Um, how should we go about forming and cultivating uh, a healthy prayer life? What does that look like? And so that's what I want us to look like, look at real quick uh, over the next few minutes in this, this uh, passage in Matthew chapter 6. And the first thing that I think you have to look at and, and understand is that we need to keep it simple. Uh, what does prayer, a healthy prayer life looks like? It's simple. And I think that's what Jesus taught uh, his disciples is that prayer is simple. It needs to be kept simple. So let's go ahead and read our past scripture passage this morning. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. And it says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you that they received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray... Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And this is where Jesus, he goes in and he says, pray like this, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And so Jesus really kind of began to break it down to his disciples. And so this first idea that we see here of keeping it simple I think is what Jesus really uh, told his disciples because what Jesus told them, he said, pray like this. He, he really didn't introduce a new prayer. He actually told them to pray a prayer that they would have already known 
a prayer that uh, Jews would have already been praying, um, and it's, it's called the Amidah prayer. Uh, the Amidah prayer is a prayer that they would have prayed at different hours of the day. Uh, they would have prayed at 6 in the morning. They would have prayed at 9 o'clock in the morning. They would have prayed at noon. They would have prayed at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They would have prayed at 6 o'clock in the evening. And so uh, it's also known as the standing prayer. And so this idea that uh, this is a prayer that they would have already been familiar with, Jesus says, pray this way. So it's not a new thing that Jesus is introducing to them. Uh, he's really telling them, he says, hey, let's just keep it simple. You already know how to pray. You already know how to talk to the Father. And he begins to, to break it down a little bit. Uh, he says, when you pray. Now, that's important because prayer is something that you have to be a participant in. I think a lot of people uh, may, may be spectators when it comes to prayer. They want other people to pray. They want, they'll listen to your prayer. Maybe they even want you to pray for them. But I really think that uh, for prayer to, to find its place, and really for Christians, uh, we have to actually participate in prayer and not be spectators of prayer. It can't be just us being prayed for. We actually have to engage in prayer. Prayer. I know people who like to be prayed for, but they never want to pray themselves. Uh, those are the people who are always at the center of their prayers. See, there's, there's something wrong in that if we're always at the center of the prayer. Is it, then that means it's revolving around us and it doesn't revolve around God. I don't need to always be the center of that prayer. I don't need to be the center of that prayer. I need to make God the center of my prayers. That whatever is going on in my life, God, you're at the center of my life. You're at the center of my prayer. You're at the center of my trust. And so when we do this, we can keep it simple. And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, keep it simple. This, you already know how to pray. Now, one thing we do find that Jesus changes uh, in the prayer that they already knew, he actually adds a little bit to it. And what did he add? The part that he added would have been a part uh, where, he, where he talked about forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That would have been something new for them. That would have been something that he added. And I think that kind of clues us in a little bit on some of the heart of God, that uh, God's heart is about mercy. That God's heart, when we come to pray, he wants us to be directed in such a way that our life begins to direct off ourself, that, that if we've wronged someone, that, you know what, hey, that we can be forgiven, but we also need to forgive ourselves. And so forgive us of our debts. Forgive us of the things that we've done wrong, but also let us uh, give that back to that same mercy back that we've received that we'll forgive others too. So that was something that Jesus added that wouldn't have already been in that prayer, the Amidah prayer. So we can see that Jesus is saying, hey, let's, let's keep it simple. Let's, let's keep it simple in, uh, in how we're gonna pray. Prayer is not something new. It's something you already know how to do. Prayer is something you can engage in. It's a conversation with God. And it can be a simple conversation with God. When prayer becomes, uh, becomes too complex, uh, and sometimes we think that we have to say certain words or we think that we have to do it in a certain, uh, certain manner, or, you know, I, I think it becomes too complex. And when prayer becomes too complex, we begin to lose the objective. We begin to lose the objective. And what's the object objective? The objective is to come close to God, to come close to our Father. And so when we 
kind of keep it simple. And we just begin this conversation. And we begin to tell God what our heart is speaking. And we begin to interact with the Father. It can be done in a simple manner that God blesses that time. And it doesn't even have to be a lot of words. We don't have to use a lot of words. Actually, we probably need to cut out some of our words. And that, that brings me to uh, the next thing that we can do. Not only do we need to keep, keep it simple, we need to keep our prayers real. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, this is, this is what we find. Uh, and it says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues, and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Uh, Jesus was basically saying, hey, these guys, when they pray, they make it a production. Uh, but he is encouraging his disciples. He says, you don't have to make it a production. Actually, it doesn't need to be a production. There's no need for a production. If anything, we need a reduction. Maybe we need to use less words. Maybe we need uh, to have less people around and, and less distractions around. And you know what? So we can just say, hey, God, I want to keep this real. This is where my heart's at. This is what's on my mind. This is what's weighing on my heart. To be able to say the things you want to say. But not only that, to be able to open up to hear God say what we need to hear him say to us. So we keep it simple. We keep it real. We pray. When we pray, we, we pray and, and we and combine that with scripture reading. We're going to talk about uh, reading the Bible uh, during this series, we're going to talk about studying the Bible and what that's like. But I love to combine scripture reading with my prayer life. That when I'm reading scripture and I'm praying scripture, what I'm doing is I'm praying God's word and I'm praying God's truth uh, that he's speaking to me. So it's not just me saying things to God. It's me saying, God, I'm open. I am listening to what you want to say. I'm listening to what you uh, want to move me into. So God, speak to me. Speak to me in this prayer. God, speak to me through your word. So I'm gonna keep it simple and I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it real. Maybe we use less words. Maybe there's less of us so that we can have more of Jesus. So you have to also pray through your emotions. Uh, I think some people feel like we have to remove all the emotion for when we come to God, that for it to be spiritual, even reverent that you have to take the emotion out of it. God has created us to be emotional people. Some of, the, uh, some of the prayers that I remember the most are the times when I was the most emotional that I could pour out my heart, my petition to God. And that's, that's what the word says, that we should be able to pour out our petitions to God, our supplication, um, that we, we, we reveal our heart and how we're feeling on the inside, that we just say, God, this is where I'm at. I'm going to be very real. I'm going to be very honest about that. Sometimes uh, that's, that, those are prayers that we pray were sad. There have been prayers that I prayed when my heart's been broken, when I've lost family members, when I prayed uh, for these family members and they were in the hospital and I'm praying, God, you know, lift them up. God, heal them. God, and those were my prayers, but maybe God didn't heal them. Maybe, maybe God didn't heal them in the way that I wanted him to. And God decided to take them on. And so at that point in time, my prayers changed from, okay, God, uh, you're not going to heal them in the way that I wanted you to, but uh, God, my heart's broken. And so now I give you this. And God's okay with that. God wants us to come to him in the realness of our life, that we don't have to feel like 
we've got to suit up for him or we've got, he wants us to step into his presence with boldness and with reverence, but that we come and we come with a realness. And we say, God, this is where I'm at. Maybe I'm not happy. Maybe I'm angry. Maybe I'm upset. Maybe I'm frustrated. Maybe, God, there are things about my life that I need you to reveal in me. So there have been plenty of times like that where I've been praying and I've needed God just to show me, hey, this is what's going on or this is your heart right now. This is the state of your heart. You need to repent or God, or Ryan, you need to listen. Or Ryan, you need to go tell someone you're sorry. Ryan, you need to change your attitude. Ryan, you need to, so many times that in those moments where I just pour out, I begin to hear God clearly because I kept it simple and I was real. I was honest. God wants our honesty. You don't have to spare God's feelings. God's a big God. And so what he wants more than anything, he doesn't just want us to pour out a bunch of words to him. He wants our heart. And when we share our heart with our Father, that is a recipe for closeness. That is a recipe for Him to be able to come close to us because the, the, the Word of God tells us this. It says um, that God is close to the brokenhearted. When we pour out like that, and we're real, God comes close. So Jesus is basically saying, hey, let's, let's keep it simple. You already know how to pray. We're just gonna add something to it. Now that's a big something that He added to it. Because sometimes we don't want to forgive. Sometimes we don't think we need to be forgiven. Uh, and so when we begin to pray those, those ways, when we begin to pray, God, forgive me of my sins. Lord, help me forgive those who've sinned against me. It opens us up to saying, hey, I've got, I've got to be humble here. I've got to come to God with a contrite heart. I've got to put away my pride, which probably... I know that I have a lot of, and, and so God's dealt with me on numerous occasions over and over. Ryan, this is your pride keeping you from hearing me. And so when I let that down, when I, when I push that down and I, I take on humility, I'm able to hear the Father. I'm able to hear with clarity. And I hear the Father speak his word to me and I hear the Father speak direction to me. And many times he, he helps me find release and the Holy Spirit helps me find liberty and freedom. So keep it simple, keep it real. And the last thing I want us to look at is this, is we have to keep it up. We have to be consistent uh, with it. And we have to be willing to just continue to pray. Sometimes we think that maybe, maybe we think our prayers, uh, we shouldn't pray about certain things. Maybe some, sometimes those, those prayers are too small. Uh, there's a quote by uh, Corey Ten Boom. And Corey Ten Boom was, uh, she lived in the Netherlands during uh, the time of World War II, uh, where the Nazis had basically come and they would do sweeps through her city and her family would hide Jews. And so Corrie Ten Boom, she had this amazing life of just trusting God. Um, but this is what she said. She said, the Lord longs to hear all of our concerns. Any concern too small to be turned into a prayer is too small to be made into a burden. And I love that. I love the fact that, you know what, God, he cares about us. He cares about the big things in our life and he cares about the things that maybe we just think are small. And so we can keep it simple. We can keep it real, but we also have to keep it up. We have to be consistent in our prayer. I know uh, it's interesting when you begin to get, 
to, to do some study in history. And uh, people uh, of different time periods uh, in history would have what they call two sleeps. They would have this sleep cycle that was broken in the middle of the night. And so that's why you kind of get these, these prayers that are talked about in the Old Testament about praying at midnight. Why is that? Because people would, would have two sleep cycles, basically. They would sleep early, and then they would wake up, and uh, they would go about their business and do, do things uh, at, at midnight for, for two or three hours, and then they would go back to sleep and, and finish that sleep cycle till the morning. Uh, and so I think about that, and I think for me, uh, the time uh, that I've, I've prayed the most is just becoming the mornings. Uh, because my body is just getting up earlier, waking up. Not that I want to, not that I want to get up, and I, I don't know if that's just with age uh, that people start waking up earlier, uh, that our body just hurts or so, whatever, but, but I think God uses that. For me, he does. He uses that as a time where everybody in the house is still asleep and everything's quiet, and I'm able to open up Scripture, and I'm able to read his word, and I have that time where there's nothing else going on. There's nothing else distracting me that God speaks to me. And so to be consistent with that, to be consistently open to those times, God, that, that I'm going to not only keep it simple, I'm not only going to keep it real, but I'm going to keep it up. I'm going to keep it consistent. I'm going to continue to look for uh, your word, the truth in your word. I'm going to pray your word. I'm going to pray to hear your voice. I'm going to pray that your Holy Spirit moves me to where I need to be. And so... I want to wrap this up this morning um, this with a prayer uh, from St. Benedict. St. Benedict lived uh, from uh, 480 uh, AD to 547. And so this was a long time ago, but I love the prayer that uh, St. Benedict prayed. And that's kind of how I want us to close out today is with this prayer. And this is what he prayed. He prayed, Gracious Father, gracious and holy Father, give me wisdom to perceive you, intelligence to fathom you, patience to wait for you, eyes to behold you, a heart to meditate upon you, and a life to proclaim you through the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Listen, thank you for being with us this morning. I want you to spend some time in prayer. I want you to take some time after we have, have gone through this and, and maybe spend some time with your family, just praying for your family, praying for, for what is uh, what we've got going on in our, our nation right now. Um, I think this is the best time to pray. It shouldn't be our last line of defense. It should be our first line of offense that God, with everything that we've got going on with viruses and, and riots and uh, all this division. God, this is the perfect time to pray. The perfect time to come and say, God, you hold everything that's going on in your hand. There's nothing outside of your power. And to remind ourselves of how big our God is. To remind ourselves not only of how big our God is, but how he wants us to be in the middle of everything that is going on. That we can reflect Jesus in our speech and in our actions. So this morning, I want to encourage you to pray and listen. Keep it simple. Uh, keep it real. Keep it up.
been listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. For more information regarding New Life, please visit our website at newliferh.com.